Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. All of those comments uttered in the first hour of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the app this morning on ESPN News. As you look out at the East River, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Everybody joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And in 15 minutes, guys, this is not a hyperbolic statement. There have been some incredibly emotional things that have been said by Doc Rivers, by George Hill, LeBron James has weighed in throughout his time in the bubble. But I promise you, in 14 minutes now, you're going to hear the most emotional piece of audio you have heard since all of this spurred after the racial injustice in the latest incident in Wisconsin on Sunday. It comes from Major League Baseball, a sport that has been highly criticized for their lack of awareness with regards to social injustice. But a Major League Baseball player, 25-year-old stud, absolutely let it out. And you'll hear it at 7.15 a.m. Eastern when we talk to baseball's Buster only. Got an email late last night, Key. Jay Will, you might have seen it. It came from ESPN president Jimmy Pitaro. And the second line of the email said this, quote, where racial injustice is concerned, there is no bubble. And in the bubble yesterday, we could have seen Giannis, an MVP finalist. When that game was over, we could have seen James Harden, the second MVP finalist. And when that game was over, we could have seen LeBron, who is the third MVP finalist. Instead, Jay, we may not see basketball again. There is a Board of Governors meeting today. We'll wait to see what happens there. But the NBA is teetering on the precipice right now. First off, I, I, I want to say thank you to Jimmy Pataro because I feel like organizations are led from the top down. And accountability is a word that I, I hear a lot of people talk about. And owning that, I think, is very important for allowing us to have the platform Key, especially, you know, you and I, all of us as minorities, but as two African-American men to be on this set to talk about what our experiences are. I, I think that's important. And I, it, it's going to be continue to be important each and every day that people utilize their platform to talk through their experiences. And I do not believe that we will see basketball. I do not believe that players will then go back just to play as normal as possible because we are in unprecedented times, Key. These are... The players that we are talking about are change agents. CP3 is a change agent. Yes. LeBron James is a change agent. Yep. And they are going to capitalize on this moment. And like I said earlier, it's not just leverage against the NBA. It's the opportunity of having the world having their attention. And I hope and I pray that right now they are talking to civil rights leaders about what are the correct actionable items that we need to specifically outline to provide targets to our owners, to legislators, to lobbyists to help us get done? It's important. You know, I'm, I'm kind of with Jay on the, the basketball side of not seeing it mm-hmm. because it, first of all, it doesn't even feel right. You, you decide not to play, and then a few days or a few weeks later, you come back without – any major points being taken care of. Concessions, yeah. Um, so I think that when you look at it, like he said about a CP3 or LeBron James and any other James Harden, the the, the voices of the NBA, mm-hmm. all come from these same communities that we're talking about. So it's dear and close to their hearts. Not only that, their teammates that may have not come from those 
same neighborhoods. Like Kyle Corver of the like Bucks, Kyle who's one Corver. of the most outspoken yes. guys from Pella, Iowa. Yes. Right there in rural America, rural Iowa. He has been one of the most outspoken people. Because and that's what's he's mentioned. seen it and yeah. he feels the pain. Well, even with Cephalosa, right? Yep. They Dabo Cephalosa, yes. Yes, he, same situation. You, you see it and you feel the pain and the hurt in your teammates. You see it. You know, uh, so it becomes united and standing together mm. for a change. It's it's enough talking about it. You know, people say, oh, they can donate some money to foundations. and I, Money is not going to solve these issues. They're just not. Because eventually you're going to run through that money. Quick. Quick. You know, having the owners write a check for a couple hundred million dollars to get back on the basketball court, that's not what the players are looking for. They're looking for the lawmakers, the, the buddies and the friends that the owners are writing checks to for campaigns. They want them to make changes at the state level, in the local level, in the Fed level. Let me ask you this, because I know you're tight with Commissioner Silver. I think Commissioner Silver has been one of the commissioners in sports that is not hoarded power. He is harnessing power. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at somebody like, you know, Roger Goodell, who obviously has been criticized uh, to high heaven, we get that. And then you look at somebody like uh, Rob Manfred. I didn't think anybody could give Bud Selig a run for their money and being the least <laughs> popular Major League Baseball commissioner <laughs> of all time. But, but Rob close. Manfred is getting there. And Gary Bettman has been the NHL commissioner for now more than 25 years. And they played games last night. They had a moment of reflection, a, a simple acknowledgement. Look at, I mean, they played look, look, a look, moment he, of reflection. He, he, here's what I would say about that. Okay. I, there's not a lot of people from our community playing hockey, so their their brains are a little bit off right now. Okay. And that's the way that I look at it. But Silver's brain has always sort of been player first. How much do you think his leadership, and he's taken a couple shots here in the last several months, particularly with China, but with his leadership, his relationship with the players – it always seems to be on the up and up, and I just kind of feel like right now in any other sport, this would be a huge issue if there was a boycott in the NFL, if there was a boycott in the National Hockey League or Major League Baseball, or even if the PGA Tour players, an individual sport, wanted to break apart and do something. I kind of feel like the NBA is uniquely suited to handle this no matter what the outcome is. Well, he's established credibility with the players the way he handled the Donald Sterling situation right out of the gate right out of the gate like there, there was no wavering there Clippers owner Clippers owner yes it was it was direct well once it, it was matter once, of fact once it became public yeah it became direct because the NBA and the owners kind of knew that he was a bad guy for a long period of time so you kind of got to do it he got yeah. credit but what are you Absolutely. gonna do well I mean yeah Absolutely. I, I hear you. I mean, once it once it once it got to the point of no return you had to do it and and we'll dive in Later on on the show, we'll dive into some of the Daniel Snyder things that's coming out of Washington, very similar. But I, I will say this, though. He, he's always had an open ear, and Adam always creates an environment that is collaborative. It's not authoritarian. Right. You're going to do this. It's what do we think the best decision is? Now, look, he still has to worry about the bottom line of the NBA. They have invested a lot of money in the bubble. They paid Disney, reported by Brian, Brian Winhurst, $150 million. There's a $24 billion TV contract revenue between TNT and ESPN on the line here. You have sponsors. You have all the processes and protocols you put in place with COVID. Um, the research that you went into that with Yale. 
they've done by far more than any other league has done in order to support the players, right? So I, I, I get how people can be frustrated by saying, well, look at the players. They're not being thankful that all these things have been done. Well, it doesn't just work that way, right? Being thankful. There's, it, that, it there, there's that coded. There word. it is. It, it, it doesn't work that way. So now it's time to go back to the drawing board. And Adam has to be realistic. And I go back to what Keyshawn said. Getting all the pros and the cons. Yes. Assessing all the information. Hey, here are the ramifications, financially, players, of what you guys will have to endure. You know, younger players coming into the league. Here's how it's going to change their earning potential coming into the league. Yeah. But ultimately, we have to come to a conclusion on are you willing to sacrifice that if we're able to get these goals attained? And that's what it comes down to. You know, not having been an NBA player, but mm -hmm. have played basketball in, in high school and, and uh, been around basketball circles my whole life. Mm -hmm. Growing up and watching the NBA and how they do things and was doing things, I look at it different than the NFL because they travel from the AAU circle. Yeah. So everybody's together. They, it, it, where in football, you are pretty much with your high school team and that's it. Mm -hmm. Jay Will could play basketball with somebody over in Europe at 17 years old on a travel team in USA basketball or right. whatever the case is. Totally different than football. You don't have the same sort of, you know, collective brotherhood growing up. It's just really your neighborhood, your high school, and that's pretty much it. And so it's, basketball is almost like a there's – a, there's an urban sport to it. You know, it's, 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 it's New York City playground, streets and playground. Rucker Park, Rucker all that. Park, stuff, all right? that. Washington it's, Heights. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's so the NBA has always gotten what – African-American players feel, look like, understand them, how they move around, where it's not like that in the NFL. It's, it's just not. We, most NFL football players, they don't come from inner cities. Mm -hmm. They're usually schools in the suburbs. So think about it. New York City, it's hard to, it's hell to play football at a high school in New York in the city. Right, where's the field? Right? Where's the field? Where's the this or that? <laughs> right. But if you go out to New Jersey where mm -hmm. you go out there to John Bosco Prep, if I'm John Bosco, John Bosco Prep. It's yeah. out there, so it's a little bit different. Powerhouse. And, yeah. and so the mentalities of the owners are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's how I've always assessed that relationship between player and owner, football player, basketball player because of that. Very interesting perspective. You mentioned the Washington football team. I want to mention they canceled their scheduled practice at FedEx Field on Thursday in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. The team announced that on Wednesday. So they are doing their part, at least in that small regard. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Still on the way, the most emotional moment any athlete, in my opinion, has had since everything went down on Sunday, it came from a New York Met after a 5-4 win. Safe to say, he didn't care about the dub at all. We'll talk about it with baseball's Buster Only, and you'll hear from him next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Indeed knows that for any business, the most important step is the next one, like hiring someone who can make a real impact. Indeed helps you find high-impact hires fast without any long-term contracts with more efficient use of your budget. Thanks to their support, their flexibility, their payment options. So take the next step with Indeed, who is giving you a free $75 credit for your first sponsored job post so you can get in front of more quality qualified candidates fast. Go to Indeed.com slash impact. Terms and conditions apply. Couple big headlines in the world of sports before we play one of the most emotional things you're going to hear in sports in 2020. It's brought to you by LinkedIn. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Naomi Osaka. Two-time major winner announcing she will not play today in the Western and Southern Open. That's in Cincinnati. It's a big-time tune-up for the U.S. Open, which will begin on the final day of the month next week on ESPN. This is all in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. I want to mention that she plays for Japan, but she has a Japanese mother, a Haitian father, was raised essentially in South Florida, but said before all of those things I just mentioned that she's a black woman first and foremost. And the NHL is being criticized for their decision to continue games last night. They had three playoff games. All of them were played. They did hold, we should mention, a moment of reflection. But the Wild defenseman, Minnesota Wild defenseman, Matt Dumba, a founding member of the Player-Based Hockey Diversity Alliance, which is trying to eradicate, get rid of racism in the sport, essentially said he was disheartened and hockey is always last to the party in situations like that. Very interesting. You know, I mentioned it a couple of different times if you've been with us since the start of the 7 o'clock hour. We were going to bring in 
Buster Olney, ESPN MLB uh, insider, of course, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. Buster, I know you heard this last night, but there was so much going on in the NBA, and obviously there's so much going on just in life in general that you may have missed this if you're listening to us at home or in the car. And that was Dominic Smith of the Mets. Mets over the Marlins 5-4 last night. He didn't really care about the W. He just wanted to have his response. He's African-American, by the way, 25 years old. He wanted to weigh in with his thoughts on what's going on with social justice in this country and the way he feels his race is being tweeted. I want to play this for you and then get your response. Here's Dom Smith. I think the most difficult part is to see, like, people still don't care. And for for this, it just continuously happened. I mean, it just shows... um, just hating people's heart. And, I mean, I mean, that, that just sucks, you know? And being a black man in America, it's, it's not easy. So, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I just, I wasn't there today, but I'll, I'll bounce back. I'll be fine. Buster, good morning. When you hear that, knowing Major League Baseball's sort of stance on social justice, not as strong as other leagues, what do you think? Uh, it's hard to talk. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if any of you guys have had a chance to meet Dom Smith. He is as warm and welcoming a person as you will ever meet in your lifetime. The uh, person who has that ray of light in him where when he walks up to you, he uh, he, he just wants you to make he wants to make you feel comfortable and you know he's been that way i remember the first time i met him and and so to hear his voice last night um the confusion that he hears the absolutely being disconsolate over where we are it's just crushing and it reminded me so much of if you guys remember that bernard king documentary i think it was ernie and bernie uh documentary to hear Bernard King um, at that time he, when he did the interview in his late 40s mm-hmm. describing being beaten by a cop when he was at the University of Tennessee, and you have a grown man who has tears flowing down his face the way that Dom Smith did yesterday. And, you know, no, he wasn't sobbing, he, but he had just tears rolling down his face, and he was asking the question, why? Why is this happening? And and that's what I saw on Dom yesterday, um, and, and I am, you know, it's a good thing that I think more and more in Major League Baseball, um, you know, across the board, those questions are being asked, um, and certainly an important question I think will be asked more as we go forward. Buster, how come we didn't see, like, league-wide postponement of games, and do you think we will see it? I don't think you're going to see league-wide postponement because of the sporadic nature of the way that events happened yesterday where um, you know you have the Milwaukee Bucks uh, you know essentially announced that they're boycotting and then the Milwaukee Brewers uh, began to have conversations and then their game was called off and then it was like the domino effects were going but games were already in progress during the course of the day and there were players after games said they they didn't hear about games being shut down 
until the the midst of their games. Um, and, and the Dodgers last night, when Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, Dave Roberts met with reporters, you know there was an acknowledgement. Okay, we boycotted tonight. Uh, we didn't play tonight, but they're they're playing a doubleheader. They're scheduled to today. Um, I think probably with the benefit of twenty twenty benefit of twenty twenty hindsight, I think they wish they had done that. But just because of the the way that it sort of played out in bits and pieces yesterday was the was the reason why you didn't see a general shutdown of the sport. Buster, if a lot of the minorities in Major League Baseball decided not to play, how challenging would that be for Rob Manfred, considering that you have a pandemic, you don't have ticket sales, and you already have a condensed season? Yep. Uh, and I think it's it's a great question, and the context for it is so different than in two thousand than two thousand sixteen. You know, Colin Kaepernick first kneeled. At that time, the only baseball player who kneeled was Bruce Bruce Maxwell, a catcher on the Oakland Athletics, uh, and he has subsequently you know given interviews in which he talked about feeling a lack of support. Adam Jones, formerly of the Baltimore Orioles, now plays in Japan, talked about how there are things that as an African American player you wouldn't do in baseball because. Because it's only 8% African-American. Uh, and now, I think the response would be very different. Look, you guys remember uh, right after the killing of George Floyd, uh, Amir Garrett of the Reds reached out to his teammate, Joey Votto, who's white, and, and sent him the video and said, you need to watch this, you need to understand. And Joey Votto, within a few days, you know, wrote an editorial about, you know what? I need to learn. I need to get better. The Dodgers team in late June had uh, Zoom calls that were led by Clayton Kershaw uh, where they were talking about, okay, we need to understand better. And I think now, and to hear Clayton describe it last night, that once the Dodgers found out that Mookie Betts was not going to play and Dave Roberts, uh, who's also African-American, made up his mind he was not going to manage, then the other Dodgers were like, okay, we're all in. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens today. You know, there were a couple of situations with other teams, Dexter Fowler, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals decided he wasn't going to play. Jason Hayward of the Cubs decided he wasn't going to play. There wasn't an en masse um, uh, decision on those teams to shut down. I would not be surprised if you see some of that today. Buster, what action do you think the players want to see the league take in these situations, if any at all? I think to uh, to be more aggressive in demanding uh, social justice and to be out there. Um, I think baseball, you know, to this point, the response has been tepid. For example, last night, uh, as some of the shutdowns were coming, you know, the statement from Major League Baseball came later. Uh, and I think they would they would like baseball to be more aggressive and to be at the forefront. And shoot, let's face it, I mean, that's in baseball's history. You know, a lot of the, uh, I think the, the beginning of social change in the 1940s in this country happened post-World War II when Jackie Robbins started playing. Baseball was at the forefront um, of that. And now it feels like, and, and in part because the numbers, uh, percentages of African-American players in MLB has dropped it feels like that they're uncertain about how to react. Guys, I remember when Colin Kaepernick first kneeled, uh, being at games that Sunday and and watching the national anthem, which is not a, a formal event in baseball in the way that it is in other sports. But, you know, some players stand at attention. Some players don't. You know, Baltimore Orioles fans yell out O's and O in the middle of their national anthem. It's not as organized. And I just feel like within the sport, that organization uh, 
for social justice really hasn't started until the last couple of months. What type of role do you think Magic Johnson, who's a minority owner in the Dodgers, could play in helping Major League Baseball kind of open up their eyes? To be aggressive uh, with his voice as much as possible. Uh, and then the good thing is for where baseball is, you know, uh, maybe it's in a different place now than what Adam Jones was talking about a few years ago, that that black players didn't feel comfortable stepping out. Well, I think that that is changing. That, you know, yesterday, for example, when the Seattle Mariners, who have more black players than any other team in MLB, they decided not to play their game. Um, you know, guys like D. Gordon were coming out with statements. And, and you see teammates rallying around them saying, hey, you know, listen to, to what my teammate says. I have his back. Uh, and I thought the Dodgers were the best example of that yesterday in keeping with their history. Buster, when you were talking about, you know, the question was, what would players like to see the league do? I would like to see a lot of things happen to me in my life. What percentage of chances do you actually give MLB on actually doing something, Buster, knowing their history? I think that totally depends on how aggressive the players are. Um, the, I think the practical reality is is that the players are – that Major League Baseball will follow the lead of the players. You know, you, I think you'd, everyone would like it to be different, but I just don't think that's the reality. I think it's the same way it is in the, uh, as we saw in the NFL, where, you know, as time goes on here, and I think the players in all sports, my perception is they're figuring out their leverage. <laughs> like when you have the Los Angeles Dodgers basically stand up in the middle of a 60-game season and say, we're not going to play, under these circumstances, and here's why, who's going to tell them? You know, maybe four years ago, there were owners who felt like uh, that they, they could compel NFL players to, to handle themselves, conduct themselves in a certain way on the sidelines. It does feel like the players are understanding the traction that they have. The NBA playoffs aren't going to happen if LeBron James says, I'm not going to play. And until I get what I want, until we get what we want, we're not going to play. That is enormous leverage. It's an enormous platform. Speaking of LeBron James, LeBron James and the Dodgers are aligned with the get out to vote. Do you think that you'll see other baseball organizations jump in real quick here? I do, uh, because I think... And we're seeing the reactions from from teams and within organizations. And as I said, I, I really feel like that this conversation within organizations didn't start uh, until after the killing of George Floyd. Theo Epstein, who heads up baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs, uh, you know, spoke to the reporter shortly after that, and he was very um, reflective and saying, you know, I need to do a better job, and I need to uh, when I look at uh, you know folks I've hired. You know, too many of them look like me or have my background. Um, and I think that that those conversations going to the team level, and I do think that, you know, we're going to see dominoes based off of what we've seen the last two months where you will see change within baseball in that regard. Buster Olney, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast, joining us via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster, I'm sure we'll have you back on Monday. The Major League Baseball trade deadline is Monday, five weeks after the season started. If that doesn't tell you it's 2020 and the craziness we've experienced in sports across the way, nothing will. Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern, make those trades for baseball's biggest postseason. Buster, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Great to talk with you. All right, bud. Same to you.
Just a reminder, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you to check out ESPN Audio at Home by telling Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at Home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything, and we are ready for SportsCenter. Let's start. Where else? In the NBA. All three games on Wednesday done we have a triple header set for espn today that jay is going to be a part of if they play basketball everybody seems to think that is unlikely from jay to Woj, who by the way is going to join us at 8 10 a.m eastern there's a board of governors meeting this morning as soon as we hear anything i promise we will have it for you wnba dream mystic sparks links sun mercury all postponed the Dream's Elizabeth Williams, quote, We stand in solidarity with our brothers in the NBA and will continue this conversation with our brothers and sisters across all leagues and look to take collective action. And in baseball, Reds Brewers in Milwaukee, 40 miles away from Kenosha, where the latest incident took place. Mariners and Padres, Mariners on their 28-man roster, it's expanded this year, have the most black players in all of baseball. Dodgers, Giants, you just heard Buster say. Mookie said, I'm not going to play. Clayton said, then we ain't playing either. All those three matchups will be played today in seven-inning doubleheaders. So you can get in yesterday's game that was missed and try to get in today's game as well. SportsCenter brought to you by Shell. Live sports are back just like the rest of us. We're all getting back on the road, stopping at a friend's place to watch the game or stopping to grab a bite at our favorite spot safely and socially distant, of course. And between those stops, there's always Shell to help you make the most of the stop you need to make. I was told that the Lakers, the Clippers, essentially in an informal poll said they were willing to end the season. These are obviously two teams who uh, believe that they have a chance to win a championship. So the L.A. vibe on the show has always been my man Keyshawn Johnson because he's always repping USC. But how about a, it's, it's a political season. It's 2020. The election is coming. How about a little equal time? Let's bring in my man UCLA Bruin. Oh, Genevieve. God. <laughs> Ryan Hollins, who played for the Clippers. Who? Charlotte, Cleveland, <laughs> Minnesota. Sacramento, Don't let him get you like Memphis, that, R.H. Dallas, Boston, <laughs> and Washington. All right, I guess I was going to ask you first things first since you're an L.A. guy, what you think about the Lakers and the Clippers here in their role. But if you need to take a shot at Key first, go ahead and do it. Hey, fellas, what's going on, what man? Key, Key, what's going on? Hey, man, I just got to give you fellas a congratulations, man. I, I can't catch either of you on the phone, man. Somebody had to catch you on the airways, man. Congratulations on the show, fellas. But Thanks, let, let, hey, let's get to it, man. Let's get to it. I'm a, I'll say the USC talk for later. <laughs> well, that's that's easy talk. All you guys say is USC basketball, Ryan. You're good. You went to UCLA. You know what <laughs> He could talk Thank about you, USC Jay. football all day long. You know what? That's good. It's all right. Yeah, I'm not even getting ready to engage in two dudes that – never mind. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Ryan, what's your reaction to the postponement of the games yesterday and what could potentially come down again today? You can feel it coming. Um, I saw the emotions on Doc Rivers. I was actually watching that uh, live. You saw the emotions on Doc Rivers' face. Um, who I play for in Los Angeles and also in Boston. And also, if you don't keep, don't remember, that was through the Sterling saga. And he kind of talked about basketball and you saw that turn coming. Um, it just, it, that didn't sit right. And once I saw that, I, I knew that something was going to happen. Uh, keep in mind, and Jay knows his key, all, all you guys know this, uh, before the players went into the bubble, 
there were already mixed emotions about playing because you could see the social unrest uh, going on, but the real agreement about why these guys wanted, wanted to play is because they felt like, hey, this is the best platform where your voices can be heard. You can speak about messages every day. You can let everybody know that it's bigger than basketball. You can score 50 points with the whole world watching Donovan Mitchell, uh, uh, Jamal Murray, LeBron James, and then you can talk about what's really important and what's going on with you and your communities. Ultimately, the message that was sent back is that all that fell on deaf ears. All those messages fell on deaf ears. So you saw the, the shooting the other day when Doc snapped, and it's not just the players that feel that way. It's, it's members of the front office. It, it's the coaches, obviously. And when, when Doc snapped, the players just had enough. And it's at a moment where these guys know and understand that, hey, I've upheld my end of the bargain. We're, we're not just renegades. We're not rebels. We're trying to be professionals here. But now it's at a moment where enough is enough. And it's the proper stage, I believe, where they can look to try to create some type of change. And yesterday was beautiful because it was a unified message, not just through the NBA. This was a world issue again. And everybody stood around what the Milwaukee Bucks did and Doc Rivers' voice last night, and it was echoed yesterday through all the sports. Ryan, are they going to get back on the court eventually here soon, or it's the end of basketball season until we get what we need taken care of? Key, I, I think a little bit of both. Uh, you saw about the dismay of LeBron James, and I, I wasn't there. I haven't spoken. I know. I, I know. And I talked to a couple of guys in both those locker rooms, and I worked for the Clippers last year. Um, but to the dismay of LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, those are the two big dogs right now uh, in the NBA. You know, no disrespect to Giannis Antetokounmpo or any or, or Chris Paul or James Harden, any of those other stars. But those guys are, you know, likely the the, the one of those guys should walk away with a trophy at the end of the year. And they understand that, hey, you can pacify us with a message. Like, let's get back to play. What do you want to hear from us? You want us to donate more money? No, it's not donate more money. Get on the phone with whoever can make these changes. Let's sit down right now. And I need to know that this is going to change today, tomorrow. I need a plan of action. I don't want to hear a promise or, a, you know, we'll see what we can do. Or that's not possible. We need to see something change. And I believe, man, the honest to God truth, when, when billionaires sit down and talk versus millionaires, that's when you start to see change. And that's something that LeBron James, Kawhi, and a number of these other guys understand. Because when, when LeBron James – listen, hey, dog, let's keep it 100. When LeBron James steps up and Kawhi steps up and says, we're not comfortable moving forward, league's not going to be going forward without those two. Then, Ryan, what's the timeline on that? Because we know in order to make change, even if they are billionaires, it still goes through a process, right? Legislation takes a second to do as it goes through the different channels of government. What's the timeline that you think players are comfortable with that outlines, hey, you know, if it happens in a month, like, do we come back and play? Do we take a a leap of faith? How do you operate that in-between area? Jay, I think think as a player – and from the guys I've talked to, they're going to have to get a, a somewhat of a concrete plan. And, and and obviously, you know, this is these these are extremely intelligent guys. Uh, the one thing about today's players, and no no disrespect to the players of the past, 
LeBron James has done it quite possibly the best of being able to think even guys like Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, they think about basketball and they think about their business. So they have teams equipped to understand and be socially aware of the things going on. And there are guys in the past who did that also. So I don't want to take that as a slight, but these guys think about much more than just their sport today. And there were other guys who did that, but it's more common now. Um, so now with a guy like LeBron James, you know the law can't probably change tomorrow. But if you have a handshake agreement or an, an emergency uh, ruling that, that, that hops in, these guys can be comfortable moving forward. But they're smart enough and have enough wherewithal to understand lip service and, and versus something that can actually be stopped or something that gets in place. You know when it feels different. And I may not be the smartest cookie in the jar, but I know that yesterday – was different. We just watched history. Well said. We'll have much more NBA with Mike Breen at 8.10 a.m. Eastern, Woj at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, and Ryan's often combatant when I see him here. Stephen A. Smith on First Take will join us <laughs> at 9.10 a.m. Eastern. Great to get your perspective. Great to catch up. And, and key, go Bruins, right? No, powder blues. All right, man. Thanks for coming hey, on Ryan, the show. Great, great show with Brendan Haywood, too, brother. Got to plug that for you, man. Hey, man, no, I appreciate you guys. Opinionated seven-footers. Keep up the good work, and congratulations again. AJ, well, I, I think you're the first basketball head we had on, on ESPN Radio now. You and Shanae, man. So, hey, y'all keep trailblazing away, man. Congratulations, guys. Keep it up. Thanks, brother. Thank you very much, Shanae and Mike Golick, Jr. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio. Still to come, Board of Governors meetings today. Players are getting together again today. Does that mean basketball at some point today? Jay will weigh in. Key will weigh in. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. What better time to do something like this? Statement will be made. News continuing to unfold, and we will do our best to bring it to you. The Bucks and the Magic choosing to boycott Game 5. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. The podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
They would be the NBA players. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's home quote explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. We've been talking about what the NBA has been up to. What trickle down or trickle up effect will it have for the NFL? has been pretty quiet about this. We'll talk about it with Troy Vincent, the NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations. That's coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. He'll join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Bottom line, guys, this is a huge day. I mean, in a matter of hours, we could know what will happen moving forward short-term and long-term. Jay, this is not a joke. And the Board of Governors get together to meet in a situation like this. The stakes are gigantic. We'll see what happens. The players are also going to be meeting today. But despite it all, you've been saying all morning, you're not that optimistic that basketball will be played today or really moving forward here. Operative word, optimistic. I I, I am optimistic, actually, after yesterday. The fact that the players are uniting. Um, I, I don't think it, I look any longer at optimism of seeing basketball. I look at okay. optimism of change. Gotcha. And I, I think that is the most important thing here. And like I said earlier, extreme situations call for extreme measures. And you heard, I, I don't know whose voice that was leading into this segment, that players don't want to be used as pawns anymore for a bigger agenda. They actually, they want to be the queen piece. And they have a chance to be the most powerful piece there is. Think about this for one second, Key. In the midst of all this chaos, I'll ask you guys both a question. Sure. You ready? Yeah. Key, what happened last Tuesday? All right, think about it. Okay, Zubin, what happened last Wednesday? Exactly my point, right? Right. We live in a tornado of chaos. It takes everybody a second. Like, what did happen? Because so many things are happening so fast. And when you hear politicians speak, think about it. I I don't watch the news anymore that much. I mean, I stay informed. I try to read as much as possible. But you don't get yourself lost in that whirlwind. Think about who who has the ability to really capitalize on making the world stop. Athletes, right? Absolutely. Athletes, regardless of whether people like it or not. They have made, NBA players have made the world stop for a second. And I will go back to saying this again. Now that they have everybody's attention, and I hope that they are consulting people who are civil rights leaders, the next words that come out of their mouths are going to be so important because you have to outline the framework of what we need to do in order to get done. The the NBA, the WNBA, Major League Baseball all stopped yesterday. Now, Major League Baseball may pick back up, but I don't think that the NBA will. Mm. And when you start to look at it, there's teams that are supposed to play today. They've got to follow suit to what happened yesterday. You know, and so you start that process, and then you got the Clippers and the Lakers with strong ownership groups. Very. Very strong and involved to the point where they've got between the two – They've got two of the strongest owners in in professional sports. They've got four of probably the top 10 players in the NBA, which is a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And the one guy of all of them is LeBron James. He's at the top top, of the leaderboard. And then Kawhi Leonard's right behind him. And Kawhi doesn't talk much, but just because because he doesn't talk to the media much doesn't mean he's not talking to his peers Mm -hmm. about his feelings in the way that he feels about the situations that's going on right now today. Um, When you look at that, you've got to think that there's a lot of things that's going to be discussed in that meeting today. The financial ramifications, what it is that the players want to see done swiftly, quickly, Maybe 
there's as Ryan Holland pointed out, as I said earlier, maybe there's some sort of emergency situation that gets things done quicker because like Jay said, it's a process. We all know that it's not going to happen overnight. Never does. It never does because you're going to have people on one side jockeying for position, another group jockeying for position, putting themselves in, trying to put themselves in play. Ask college athletes, right? We've been having this. You're going to have all of those sort of things happening. But if you have a understanding and a strong understanding, not a wink, wink, just do it for me understanding, but a strong understanding, you potentially could see it. But I don't think a guy like LeBron James is going to go for that. He's not going for the wink, wink, hold on. We're going to get to it. Let's have a conversation. We just want to finish up the season. Why? He's not going to go for it. What's lost if indeed there's no more basketball moving forward this year? What, and not just the money. What is lost for the I, to, game? Be, to, to be honest with you, I, because the season would be over with, I don't feel like anything would be lost, but a lot of would be gained. Hmm. So much would be gained. So much. You give up this for that. You give up so small. A championship is small compared to what we're trying to get accomplished. I also think that there is an obligation within the media, too. And I I will say this wholeheartedly, Key, because what media has turned into is entertainment. We no longer discuss facts, blatant facts about what things were. I even got into an argument with a, a friend the other day. He's like, well, he was reaching for a gun. I'm like, well, did you read the actual report? There was no gun in the car. Now there was a knife in the car, is what the report said, but Back it didn't say that. Here. Yes, it didn't say that he actually had the knife in his possession. So I, you see a lot of conflation with people arguing with not having the facts, and people are emboldened more than ever. Opinion is not fact. I, I Opinions just, are not fact. Let's discover. Let's decipher the facts and then break down what the course of action is. Damn, Z, you can get gunned down in your back for having a knife in your car. We've seen people with guns spit on cops. They didn't get gunned down. Coming up in minutes, what's it like to be in that room when you're negotiating with NBA owners? A guy that's been there, done that, next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin, the podcast. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.